There has to be some common sense. Yes, sir, they have the car stopped at 10th and Grant, Michael Biden. We still don't know who pulled the trigger. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, Bill Cannon. I'm a retired NYPD sergeant with over 27 years of service, retired out of Manhattan North Homicide Squad. I want to wish everyone today, of course, Sunday, May 8th, a happy Mother's Day. For all you mothers out there, everyone has a mother. I hope everyone's called their mother and wished their mother a happy Mother's Day. And just remember that being a mother is more than just biologically giving birth to someone. It's mothering and taking care of your, your children and uh, teaching them the right way and raising them up so they become good citizens. And the same goes true for fathers and Father's Day. We'll get our turn too. Being a father is much more than being a biological father. So folks, this case, the Casey um, and Vicki White case, of course, Casey being the six foot nine inch career criminal inmate who's a murderer who escaped from a jail in Lauderdale County in, in Alabama. And of course, Vicki White, the assistant uh, in charge of that facility. This is a, a case that has sort of caught the imagination of not just the entire nation, probably the entire world. You could see this, depending on how this turns out, you could see this uh, becoming a movie at some point. You know, because it has all the interest factors in there. Uh, the, the dangerous, dangerous, six foot nine inch, 260, whatever, 300 pound murderer uh, who was a former, uh, had drug problems, extremely violent man. And then you have the jailer, this petite little 57 year old blonde. You wonder why did she do this? All the elements are there of, of, of a story of everyone wants to know why it's gotten so much interest. Uh, and of course, you know, the longer they're out there, the more the public is endangered. On the screen, I have a picture of that 2007 Ford Edge, which broke down. I'm just going to recap a little bit of, 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 of the story as we know. And the picture on the screen uh the one that we've seen so many, so many times is the picture of her opening the door of the jail, turning her back to Casey White and walking out the door and leading him into the sheriff's vehicle. And you can see he's shackled and handcuffed uh, in the front, but the shackles are connected. So just days before she allegedly fled with inmate Casey White, Vicki White closed on the sale of her home for just over $95,000. Supposedly that sale was less than half of what the house was worth. Uh, the sheriff Singleton said that investigators suspect Vicki White is flush with cash from the sale. It's now uh, been over a week. It's This is nine days since Casey White and Vicki White went missing. They didn't go missing. They escaped. The two, of course, are not related. Um, authorities said they believe Vicki White willingly participated in the April 29th escape from the Lauderdale County Jail. That's pretty obvious that she um, was a willing participant. All her body language, when you watch the video of her escaping, indicates that she was a willing participant. 
Uh, the pair may be armed with an AR-15 rifle, handguns, and a shotgun, the U.S. Marshals uh, have said. The sheriff acknowledged that the pursuit is beyond where we'd like it to be. He said Vicki White's law enforcement background may have likely helped her evade authorities. And also the fact that they had, she had plenty of time to plan this. And there was they had a four-day, at least a four-day head start because of some negligence, some incompetence. We'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, this was a very well thought out plan and her knowledge has put us at a loss according to, um, the sheriff, you know, and uh, I think that he's a little bit lost himself. Vicki White and Casey White disappeared after Vicki White allegedly told her colleagues that she was taking Casey White to the Lauderdale County Courthouse for a mental health evaluation. The sheriff said he didn't have a court appearance scheduled, so he had no court appearance scheduled. Vicki White also allegedly told her colleagues that she was going to seek medical attention after dropping the inmate off at court because she wasn't feeling well. But the Sheriff Singleton said his office confirmed that no appointment was made. The car linked to, uh, to them escaped Florence, Alabama. Inmate Casey White in jail and play Vicki White was ditched in Williamson County. And that's the, um, the Ford Edge, the red Ford Edge that I was referring to that way. I had on the screen, and in fact, I'll put the picture of it on the screen. This is the vehicle they were referring to. Um, uh, authorities with the U.S. Marshals Service searched the area Friday morning, but found nothing to indicate that the pair was still in Williamson County. Uh, they don't believe they're in that area anymore, but they, you know something? In truth, they don't know. They don't know where they are. Uh, authorities are still canvassing the area for any witnesses and are looking into whether any cars were reported stolen around the time the White's car was ditched. Um, nothing was left behind in the car, the sheriff said. So when they recovered this car, the car was empty. So you must have known they had to have a lot of things in that car uh, besides the cash, the money, the handguns, the rifles, shotgun, uh, clothing. They had to have had a lot of things in that car. So it had to have been switched. Did they have another car? At that scene, and this was a ruse that the car was had broken down. Your guess is as good as mine. One of the ways they could find that out is to get another key made and see if this car starts and see if it runs. If it runs, then you could see this was a ruse, and this had nothing to do with the car breaking down. Vicky White withdrew approximately ninety thousand dollars in cash from multiple banks before fleeing Lauderdale County, Alabama. District Attorney Chris Connolly told ABC News. He said the banks were local to the Lauderdale County area, but he could not say when she withdrew the money. So, she, again, that's premeditated. Um, uh, the Sheriff Singleton, of course, hopes that they find um, Vicki White alive and, and in good shape. Um, at the time of the escape, Casey White was facing two counts of capital murder for the stabbing of Connie Ridgway in 2015. Uh, Casey White was described by authorities as six foot nine inches tall and approximately 330 pounds. This is according to this one story that I'm reading. Uh, so he went from 260 to 330. Somewhere in between is probably the truth. He has brown hair, hazel eyes, and numerous tattoos, including some affiliated with the Alabama-based white supremacist prison gang Southern Brotherhood, the U.S. Marshal Service said. Vicki White was described as five foot five inches tall and approximately 145 pounds with brown eyes and blonde hair, uh, though she may have changed the color of her hair. Uh, right now, there's a $25,000 reward for the apprehension of these two. Um, again, guys, they could be anywhere right now. 
And there's a lot of, of course, theories. Everyone's coming up with all these theoretical theories. Oh, they went to Mexico. Oh, they went to Florida. Oh, they went to Cuba. Oh, they rented a boat and they're living on a boat. You know, they again, guys, your guess is as good as mine. We don't know where they are right now. The longer they are out there, the more danger there is to Vicky White and the more danger there is to the public. Let's take a look at um, News Nation who, uh, with Brian, um, excuse me, let's, I'm, I'm ready to say Brian Laundry. Uh, Brian Enton, their reporter, their ace reporter. Let's see what they had to say about this. Uh, lot of concern tonight with Casey White on the run. His ex-girlfriend says she is terrified. And so is the son of the woman Casey White is accused of murdering. We're going to be speaking to him in just a few moments. Not only is Casey White nearly seven feet tall, he's 260 pounds, but his past is horrifying. Law enforcement who have spent years chasing him say he is more dangerous right now than anyone could have thought because he could be cornered. Correspondent Kelsey Kernstein is live outside the detention center in Florence, Alabama for us tonight. Uh, Kelsey, this is a very, very dangerous fugitive that they're looking for. Marnie, he really is. Casey White is a dangerous person, but I have spoken extensively to sheriffs, law enforcement, investigators. They all tell me that he is not a sociopath, saying he is mentally unstable and very dangerous on drugs. Former Limestone County Sheriff Mike Blakely says he remembers a night he arrested Casey back in 2015 that landed him locked up for 75 years. They all had their guns pointed at Casey. He standing out in the middle of the road, had two 40 caliber Glock pistols, one stuck to each one of his temples, threatening to kill himself. In that moment, he says Casey had one request. Just put the gun down. He told me to call his mama and tell her he loved her. I, I said, Casey, everything's going to be fine. Nobody's going to die tonight. And he said, oh, yeah. He said, I'm going to make y'all kill me. Blakely calling it a one-night crime spree. In fact, he invaded his ex-girlfriend's home, hijacked vehicles, and led police on a chase. He says Casey even shot his ex-girlfriend's dog to death. He turns around, and she had a Doberman there in her house that was her pet. And he shot and killed the dog. So he had no problem with shooting a dog. Casey is uh, unstable mentally, and he also is very dangerous when he is uh, on drugs. Blakely even describing him as going to the emergency room because he was hearing voices. Casey later that year in 2015. He was caught, charged and convicted of those crimes in Limestone County and was sentenced to 75 years in state penitentiary. That same year, Connie Ridgway was murdered in Lauderdale County, an hour east of Limestone County. Casey writing a letter confessing. That investigator went to the prison, interviewed him, he confessed to the murder of Connie Ridgway. This is in 2020. He was charged with that murder on September the 1st, 2020. I went by Casey's attorney's office in Lauderdale County, who was representing him in the alleged killing of Connie Ridgway, asking him about his client's escape. Well, it changes the dynamics of the case, but as far as my representation of him, it changes nothing. Everybody's entitled to a good defense. He is still presumed innocent. Uh, he has an opportunity and will have a day to present his case. I asked Blakely if he thought Casey murdered Connie Ridgway. He's allegedly stabbed a woman to death. Knowing him, arrested him. Do you think he's capable of that? I think he's probably capable of anything. Sheriff Singleton says Casey was brought back to the Lauderdale County Detention Center for his arraignment, saying this wasn't the first time he tried to escape the jail. He was planning an escape. 
So we followed up on that. We found a shank on his person. This is the main hall. Sheriff Singleton also gave me a tour of the detention center. I hear a lot of noise, like oh, shackles. Yeah. Is that what that is? That's all day long. Where inmate Casey White and corrections officer Vicki White escaped on April 29th. Cracks on the glass. Yeah, no, uh, that's mild right now. If they get upset about something, you know, you hear. Casey was in that first cell on the left. You can see that first one in that picture we released. He would have set him on one of these ditches where he would have prepared him for transport. That means putting handcuffs on him, putting leg shackles on him. Those are connected together. She came in, she came back out, held the door open. He came out this door and then right into the saddle cord. These pictures in from the U.S. Marshal showing detailed pictures of Casey's tattoos. He's about 300 pounds, six foot nine with hazel eyes. Officials now believe Casey is connected to an Alabama-based white supremacist gang. I knocked at Casey's mom's house to learn more. No one was home. I went to an address listed on his court records as his most recent home. No apartment number even listed. Do you think this woman that he's with, do you think that she is in, in danger? It depends on if Casey's happy, you know, she's probably, she's probably happy too. But, I mean, he gets waxed out on meth and something don't go his way, then, you know, if, if, if she uh, don't know how to handle him, then, yeah, I mean, anybody could be uh, in danger around him. And according to court documents, Casey is a father. It's not clear how many children he has. It's also not clear if he's ever been married. And the U.S. Marshal has put out a $10,000 reward in helping to find him. So, folks, that just gives you a little background on who this guy is. Many folks in the chat have mentioned about uh, the fact that he has white supremacist tattoos. Uh, could he have met up with or hooked up with white supremacists that are helping him in his escape? Look, guys, I'm not going to say anything is possible. Anything is possible. The most important thing is that we, the federal marshals apprehend these two. The longer they're out there, the more dangerous they are. You have to realize this guy, Casey White, is extremely unstable. Uh, he's not in prison because he's a nice guy, all right? He was serving 75 to life and awaiting trial on another murder case that could get him the death penalty. How about the dynamic between Vicki White and Casey White now? The dynamic used to be that she could tell him what to do. Poppy J, thank you so much. For, uh, thank you for the $20 super chat. Thank you for your service and sacrifice. Love your channel. Thank you so much, Poppy J. Folks, this is Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. If you like this uh, our, our station, go on our YouTube. Give us Hit the subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up. Ring that bell. And if you want to uh, contribute to us, we have a Patreon with three different levels. And if you want to join our YouTube family, you can see the folks with the green font in the chat. They're part of our channel members, and we have five different levels at that. We'd appreciate um, your support. And uh, if you like real crime stories from a police perspective, again, I was an NYPD homicide sergeant. I did almost 27 years on the NYPD. That's the perspective we're coming from. And usually I have my partner, my co-host, Phil Grimaldi. Today he was uh, couldn't make it. He had family duties because it's Mother's Day, right? And he's taking out his wife, being a good husband, and he's got three daughters. So um, he's doing the good fatherly things today. So a lot of um, a lot of conjecture. One of the things, like you got, all you folks got to realize is that 
the federal marshals are the very best at apprehending uh, escaped fugitives. And they know every trick in the book. And uh, just in case you haven't realized this, over 3,000 um, felons escape every year from prisons and jail facilities. And it's the federal marshals who return these, um, these dangerous people back to custody. Now, if I was Casey White, I would fear the federal marshals because the federal marshals do not play, all right? Many times they bring people in dead, not alive, all right? And they're much better trained with firearms than this six-foot-nine-inch dope is, you know, who's uh, running around with a, a jail guard, you know? I think it's it's sort of ridiculous. Um, so done with it. I don't think he'll keep her around. It's easier to catch two than one. She'll become a liability to him. So done with it. You know, something you could be right. We all fear for her. We we think that, um, you know, look, she lived her whole life, a righteous life on the right side of the law. Uh, Alicia B., I was looking at the stats on the marshals just a few minutes ago, 24,300 captures in 2020. So you can see the U.S. marshals are the real deal. And, folks, I know a lot of you guys love to mention Dog, the bounty hunter. I will not mention that guy in the same breath as the U.S. Marshals. Dog is a cartoon character to me, all right? The U.S. Marshals are the real deal. They're the real law enforcement. And I don't even think they allow Dog on the same playing field with them. So if you guys want to talk about Dog, you can go to his site. But I don't really think Dog is the real deal. Um, Butterfly Dana, Bill Cannon, did you hear about Casey White's other ex-girlfriend named Christy? Uh, law enforcement is now looking to a suicide. They believe Casey. Yes, I have heard about that. They're now looking into her death as potentially a homicide and not a suicide. I don't know why they didn't look into it as that in the very beginning. Um, since, you know, just the fact that he was her boyfriend. I mean, don't you think that... Uh, there should have been, they should have looked into that to begin with. I mean, again, let, let, let's just look into who this guy is. And, and I mean, it's it's just, again, from, um, from News Nation, let's put this on the screen, who this guy is, what he's all about. And, and you know, so there's no secrets. This guy is a criminal, you know, and you cannot trust criminals. And this is who he is. She is terrified. And so is the son of the woman Casey White is accused of murdering. We're going to be speaking to him in just a few moments. Not only is Casey White nearly seven feet tall, he's 260 pounds, but his past is horrifying. Law enforcement who have spent years chasing him say he is more dangerous right now than anyone could have thought because he could be cornered. Correspondent Kelsey Kernstein is live outside the detention center in Florence, Alabama for us tonight. Uh, Kelsey, this is a very, very dangerous fugitive that they're looking for. Marnie, he really is. Casey White is a dangerous person, but I have spoken extensively to sheriffs, law enforcement, investigators. They all tell me that he is not a sociopath, saying he is mentally unstable and very dangerous on drugs. In 2015, he was caught, charged, and convicted of those crimes in Limestone County and was sentenced to 75 years in state penitentiary. That same year, Connie Ridgway was murdered in Lauderdale County. An hour east of Limestone County, Casey writing a letter confessing. That investigator went to the prison, interviewed him, he confessed to the murder of Connie Ridgway. 
This was in 2020. He was charged with that murder on September the 1st, 2020. I went by Casey's attorney's office in Lauderdale County. He was representing him in the alleged killing of Connie Ridgeway, asking him about his client's escape. Well, it changes the dynamics of the case, but as far as my representation of him, it changes nothing. Everybody's entitled to a good defense. He is still presumed innocent. Uh, he has an opportunity and will have a day to present his case. I how many folks really think that uh, he's presumed innocent still? I know he is in the eyes of the law, but in my eyes, he's presumed guilty. You know, here he is. He's escaping. Uh, he's he's a career criminal serving 75 to life. And we're supposed to believe, oh, yes, he's still presumed. And I understand the law and I understand this attorney. And he's, he's spouting forth the... Um, <laughs> the rhetoric of he's still presumed innocent, but I'm representing him, and I really think he could be innocent. But you know, <laughs> I've, I've heard that same uh, that same rap before numerous times, and uh, I think that when you around people like this criminal type, you know, um, it's just horrendous. Here's a little bit of a of CNN reporting on the hunt for um, for Casey and, of course, Vicky. Yeah, we're learning new details about what happened leading up to the escape of inmate Casey White and corrections officer Vicki White. A new video released of Vicki White inside of a Quality Inn hotel not far from here in the county courthouse where she allegedly stayed on Thursday, the night before the escape just last week. We're also getting a look inside of the patrol car she used to transport inmate Casey White outside of the detention center. Remember, there was this plan that they were going to the mental health evaluation here at the county courthouse, and we now know that that never happened. No evaluation or hearings were scheduled. Inside that patrol car, investigators found her jail keys, her radio, and other items. And then that patrol car was abandoned in a shopping mall, and they presumably got inside of an orange Ford Edge. And that SUV was found in the middle of the road in Williamson, Tennessee, about two hours north of here. The sheriff believes that that wasn't part of their plan. He believes that the SUV broke down and that interfered with this escape plan. But they already had a head start. We also know that Vicki White took out some $90,000 from her bank accounts while she's been on the run to help with this escape. That all coming from the sheriff's office. Now, this is all happening uh, because the sheriff says Casey White and Vicki White met at the Lauderdale County Detention Center during arraignment charges, during his arraignment for capital murder charges and the death of Connie Ridgway. And we spoke to the son of Connie Ridgway, Austin Williams. Here's his plea to Casey White please turn yourself in as soon as possible. I mean, I, I know you've confessed to my mother's murder and it's a possibility that you're, you're innocent. And if, if you're innocent, let us, let us find out, you know, if you're innocent, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I don't want anyone who's innocent to be punished for something that they, they didn't do, but please uh, turn yourself in. Alabama Governor Kay Ivey adding $5,000 of a reward to both Casey White and Vicki White, upping that total reward for both of them to $25,000. So, folks, you saw one of the things they showed with that uh, that Ford Edge is that they attempted. It, it seems such a very lame attempt, but they showed that on, I think it was on the right rear quarter panel, they attempted to spray paint it. And it just looks so horrendous and it looks so childish, childlike an attempt to spray paint the car that it's almost unbelievable that they, in fact, even tried to do that. What were they trying to hide? I mean, it just it sort of makes the car stand out even more. New York State 
FOIL auditor, I believe that stands for Freedom of Information Law, he'll keep her in case of a hostage situation. She's his only asset for negotiating in a standoff. You may be right, uh, NYSFOIL, New York State FOIL. Um, I also think that she's probably the only one of the two of them that can walk around, that can get about. He would immediately um, stick out. Milwaukee civilian dog, John Walsh, and Dr. Phil, who needs law enforcement winners like these? <laughs> I don't want to get into this. So many people are big fans of one or at least at least one or two of those people, and um, I don't want to disparage them. I've been known to do my Dr. Phil impersonation on the air every once in a while because what you need to do is find this six-foot-nine-inch man because he's a danger out there, and very potentially he could assault me and take one of my $50,000 watches. I don't know if that's uh I just love doing the Dr. Phil in, in uh <laughs> impersonation. Um Frank Marsha, an officer like this one, is the reason why people call correction officers jail guards, and I never guarded anything as a CO. It gets me angry, the guard staff. I did 20 years of corrections. It is a dangerous job. There is no doubt, Frank Marsha, and I applaud correction officers. I would never have wanted personally to do that job i find it's very um it's a very tough thing to be inside with these folks with these convicted criminals while in a jail they're not convicted yet in a prison they're convicted uh very tough um monica unknown uh there's been all different reports of of um casey white's weight uh at the low end 260 the middle end 300 they said he was even as high as 340 pounds he's six foot nine I'm sure it would be a very easy for him to weigh 340, and you wouldn't even be able to tell that he weighed that amount because he's six foot nine inches tall. Suman Shri, guilty, guilty, guilty. Oh, yes, he's innocent till proven guilty, guilty, guilty. Um, so many folks, uh, Peter Rabbit, he probably is guilty, but the word put out should be he hasn't been convicted of a murder. And in most states, you don't do the entire 75 years. Yeah, maybe he'll do 55. <laughs> How would that, uh, that? That's crazy. I want to um, just talk about the dynamic. Like, how how did a prison guard, a jail guard, she's, she doesn't work in a prison, she works in a jail. And folks, if, for those that don't know the difference between a prison and a jail, um, a jail is where you go either if you're convicted you go to jail to serve a, a sentence less than a year, usually a misdemeanor. Um, you're not supposed to be in a jail if you're convicted of a felony. However, if you're from a prison and you need to go to court and the only holding facility for the court is, is the jail close to the court, that's why Casey White was being held there. He was sentenced to state prison. However, he was being held and he very, um, he manipulated the system by pleading guilty to that crime so that he could be in the jail rather than the prison. He didn't want to be in the prison. He wanted to be in the jail. So you can see what a manipulative guy he is. And um, that is how he met Vicky White was getting, going into the, um, getting into the jail uh, instead, instead of the prison, which is where he wanted to be. We have a couple of uh, folks from, down south that are going to talk about what's it like to get inside the mind of a fugitive, which is what um, 
Casey White, of course, is right now, is, is a fugitive. And I'm going to share the screen here, and we'll listen to a little bit of this. News Nation's doing a great job on this case the way they have on many of the cases that we cover. Could be anywhere, and they could be gaining ground as we speak right now. It is important to note that this is far from your average manhunt. Casey White is a dangerous fugitive, as we, as we continue to lay out, with a long rap sheet. Not only is he convicted of murder or charged with murder, he went on a crime spree in Alabama in 2015, then stole an SUV and drove to a rest stop in Tennessee, where he then tried to carjack a semi-truck and then opened fire after that. Casey is no stranger to being on the run. Vicky may know a thing or two about evading authorities herself with her experience in law enforcement. But if there is anyone who knows who these two are, it's my next two guests, Sheriff Kyle Helton and Lieutenant Shane Hunter from Giles County, Tennessee. Uh, to you both, welcome and thank you for being part of this special coverage tonight of this manhunt. They could be anywhere. Lieutenant, I want to start with you. You've been face to face with Casey White. What is your message to the public tonight? Well, obviously, I had a lot of interaction with Casey after the crime spree and had the opportunity to sit down and talk with him and, and process uh, what had occurred on that particular night. And obviously, you know, Casey admitted to uh, his mental issues that, that he had and obviously his addiction to drugs. Uh, and the two, when mixed together, obviously, Casey is extremely volatile. Uh, that particular night, uh, obviously, uh, he'd been off his medication for a lengthy period of time and had introduced meth. Uh, so when those two together, uh, obviously, Casey become a very dangerous person uh, that particular evening. Take us back to 2015 when he was cornered by police at that point um, after Connie Ridgway's murder, uh, a chase. Um, walk us through what happened. Yeah, so obviously he, he transferred over into uh, Tennessee uh, from the crime spree there in Alabama, uh, came to a rest stop here in, in Tennessee uh, where he had approached the truck driver, uh, tried to apprehend and actually make that truck driver uh, drive the vehicle. Uh, and his, his own words were that uh, law enforcement would not be looking for me in an 18-wheeler uh, once he realized that that person was not going to uh, provide that vehicle uh, very easily, he moved on to the next person, uh, which would have been a female. Um, she's seen him approach with a gun in his hand. Uh, she locked the door and then attempted to flee from him, and that's when he began to open fire upon her. Uh, he then left the area uh, and then went continued north on I-65, where then he uh, carjacked a vehicle. Uh, once inside that vehicle, uh, he proceeded back on I-65 south, uh, where he entered back into Limestone County, where a uh, pursuit began with Limestone County. And then ultimately, he wrecked the vehicle uh, and then ultimately uh, got out of the vehicle. And obviously, he had requested Sheriff Blakely to come to the scene, which ultimately happened. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of intense moments. And in fact, in Casey's own words, when I interviewed him uh, that particular night, his intentions were to make law enforcement kill him which makes him even more dangerous tonight because as we've said before, uh, and you both know this, he has nothing to lose. He is facing capital murder charges and the death penalty once he is caught. Uh, he has been described as someone who has no regard for his own life and also for the life of others. Would you both agree with that? Yes, ma'am, we do. What else yeah, stands absolutely. out to you? He has no Go ahead. Yeah, he has no regard for human life whatsoever. You know, if somebody's cornered, 
uh, if he's cornered, uh, then obviously he's going to resort to whatever means he may uh, have at his choosing to try to uh, render that situation in his favor. Sheriff, what was your reaction when you heard that Casey White had escaped, knowing that he had a plan to escape and had extra security supposed to be on him because of that plan? Well, it was real concerning from uh, the standpoint of our, uh, as a matter of fact, Lieutenant Hunter was the one who contacted me, <coughs> excuse me, and, and notified me about it. And I do remember that night, the, the, the bedlam that was in the county had already contacted other other officers that were off duty to to get active because uh, we had already had two two spots that he had he had he had did the shooting at the rest area and then carjacked at at the pilot at the exit 22 but we didn't at that time we didn't know where he was at and where he was going so uh, we wanted to cover the county best we could. And probably about 30 minutes after that was when we found that Limestone County had found the car that he had just stolen. And then the pursuit started with them. So to you both tonight, uh, he, um, he could be anywhere, but um, he was pretty close to Tennessee um, when this all started and that car was abandoned in Tennessee. So I would imagine you're on the lookout for him. Um, what is your message to the public tonight if anybody comes in contact with him and the message to law enforcement in your jurisdiction or elsewhere of what he's capable of? He's capable of anything. Uh, you know, we, we uh, it, the public has a clue or think that it's him just call 911. Do not try to approach or do not try to deal with, with somebody like that. Uh, in, in law enforcement, um, I know that it's, it's well promoted all over the country. So, and, and he is the type of person that it's going to be hard to, to hide. Uh, so everybody's on alert and real cautious. Well, he's going to come up for air at some point. Let's just hope it doesn't end badly. Sheriff Kyle Helton and Lieutenant Shane Hunter, we appreciate you giving us some time tonight. Thank you. So, folks, you see what uh, that's part of his history. He's a dangerous, dangerous guy. Uh, not only is he a dangerous guy because he is a criminal, but he may be on some psychotropic drugs to keep him stable. And who knows if he has those drugs to keep him even. Uh, so Vicky, who the role used to be to tell him what to do, who knows if he'll listen to her anymore. Now he's the boss. He's out of prison. He's out of jail. He's in an element that he's not, uh, used to. He's free right now. He's free under huge, enormous restrictions because everyone's looking for him. Peter Rabbit, the money she got from the sale of her house, cash, is it new money given to her in a branded way, like new money? Doesn't the bank keep track of serial numbers? Also, what money did she withdraw? Peter Rabbit, I don't believe when she withdrew the money, she was suspected of anything. So what reason would the bank have to give marked or consecutive serial numbers they may have? I don't know. That's part of the investigation that law enforcement surely uh, the federal marshals will be doing part of this investigation, and I'm sure you know they they look into everything. They've one of the biggest things, and we talk about it in homicide investigation. We talk about it in all kinds of investigation is a perpology, the study of the perps, everything in this guy's background. We want to know about. 
we want to know his relatives, his friends. A lot of you have said that. Um, a lot of you have said that he's a um, white supremacist. Maybe the feds will be going out uh, into the back hills of Tennessee. They know where these uh, white supremacists live, and they'll go talk to some of them. I'm sure many of these white supremacist gangs want nothing. They don't want the heat coming to help this guy escape. I don't think they want that kind of heat on them. So whether they would help him or not, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if they would, in fact, uh, fact help him. But so that's that's one of the big questions we would have here. And again, that's a good question. Are there? Is he? He is a white supremacist. Allegedly, he has tattoos of that fact. Um, New York State foil auditor. I think when she was on her radio, she was telling the control guard to keep the gates up to make a quick exit before she was noticed. Uh, noticed alone with him. Well, one of the things we noticed when she picked him up in the Sally Port. Uh, both sides of the gates were open, which is a no-no. Anyone that works in policing or in corrections knows that that's a total no-no, that the gates are supposed to be locked. Uh, Bill uh, Plunsky, uh, anyone saying where can he hide? Been over a week now, and he seems to be doing a good job at it. This guy needs to be caught. Yes, he does need to be caught. He is a danger out there to to everyone, to himself. Did you notice the one time uh, he was out there and he was on a crime spree and he indicated that he wanted the police to kill him? He had two forty caliber handguns pointed at his head. And that's a phenomena called suicide by police. And this uh, career criminal, he wanted that to happen. So he's, he's again, a dangerous, dangerous guy. Um, Vicky is in... She's in a lot of danger right now, uh, but she put herself in that danger, you know. Um, Frank Marshall, I've been watching this with a lot of interest in this case as a former CO procedures at that jail lacks, to say the least. I worked in state prisons, not county jails. Both have procedures to follow. Frank Marshall, you're 100%, and procedures and rules and regulations, they are there for a reason. They can save your life. And following the rules and regulations in as a correctional officer will get you more respect from the prisoners. Whereas if you violate the rules, they're like, no, this guy's easy. I can get him to do anything I want him to do. Whereas if you're a by-the-book, that goes with policing too. Whereas if you're a by-the-book guy, uh, they're not going to try anything on you because they're going to see you're squared away. I love that term. You're squared away. You're standing up straight and you're, you're by the numbers, you know? Um, Trevor Stewart, hi, from Dublin City, Ireland. Uh, I see two of them on a little boat and traveling by night heading to Mexico. You know, Trevor Stewart, people have these romantic ideas of these two. I don't think they're that smart, you know. I really don't. Uh, I mean, people are saying, oh, she's got all this law enforcement um, experience. But she did something very, 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 very stupid. So how smart is she to do something that is that outrageous? Uh, I don't think she's that smart. So. Uh, let me play a little bit of this vehicle was located. Hunt says they were looking in every direction. Now we have that uh, that that direction. Um, and so all of our resources are there until uh, we, we have another direction to to uh, pursue. Casey White and Vicki White had already crossed state lines and abandoned the vehicle before anyone noticed last Friday. 
They've now been on the run for nine days. This is the long game, right? Um, they have to look over their shoulder every single day. Uh, time is definitely um, in the favor of the, the investigators. Uh, but I can tell you right now, uh, we have not stopped working on this case since last Friday. Investigators say they won't stop until they are found. As the active manhunt continues, Hunt emphasizes both Casey and Vicky have nothing to lose. Hunt says he isn't ruling out the possibility of Vicky potentially getting help from some familiar faces. She treated these inmates, uh, you know, ab above par, if you will. You know, they had a lot of respect for her. So one of the things that we do have to account and, and sit back and look at is 17 years worth of contact with other inmates that, you know, are potentially out now. Uh, is that another avenue that she's exploiting? I, I, you know, that's something that we have to look at and we are looking. Hunt continues to encourage the public to send in tips, no matter how small you may think they are. He says they will help in capturing Casey and Vicky. Live in studio, Xavier Wary, Way 31 News. So, folks, um, someone just asked in the chat, do we in fact know um, uh, Butterfly Dana? Do we really know whether the Ford Edge uh, actually did break down? I know we have rumors of that. We don't know that. We, then one of the ways, of course, law enforcement could find out is just have another key made for the car, see if it starts, take it for a ride. If it doesn't start off, if it start up and it truly did break down, then you know that was a ruse. So that's a fa that's a favorite law enforcement word, ruse, R-U-S-E. You know that means faking someone out. <laughs> you know that was a favorite police word. Always it was a ruse. You know <laughs> I never heard that word before when when on law enforcement. There was another law enforcement word I used to hate, behoove. It would behoove you to shine your shoes, Sergeant. <laughs> okay, it, it does behoove me. I will shine my shoes, you know. So one of the things that we've all been talking about it is um, what about when and if he turns on her? So he starts slapping her around. So he starts abusing her. Is she going to flee and seek law enforcement help knowing that she's going to be arrested elizabeth um bathory i think he's killed her already and dumped the body or maybe he'll wait until she gets him to mexico elizabeth we have no evidence of that so to conject that in and to throw that in is not really helpful i don't think at this point because we don't know that we don't know where she is we don't know where he is we know his mentality we know that he's a bad guy is that a possibility absolutely it's a possibility, but we don't want to jump the gun and say something, uh, you know, say something happened when we don't know that. We don't know if, in fact, any of those things occurred. So we don't we don't want to just jump the gun and say, oh, yes, yes, you know, he killed her already. No, we, we don't know that. We don't know that. So let's let's stay with uh, what we know to be uh, what we know to be fact and what we know to be true, because um, that's what's important right now. It's what. Uh, what we know uh, has actually transpired, and we don't know a lot in regards to the investigation. What do the what do the feds know? You know what officials know at this point. Uh, we we don't really know what they know because they like to keep the investigative part of this a secret. They don't want to just throw it out there just so everyone will know it because. They want to use the public and they want to use the press. They don't want to be used by. So that's an important thing. 
so they want to use the public. They want to use the press and not be compromised with the detention center. Hear a lot of noise, like oh, shackles. Yeah. Is that what that is? That's all day long. Where inmate Casey White and corrections officer Vicki White escaped on April 29th. Cracks on the glass. Yeah, no, uh, that's mild right now. If they get upset about something, you know, you hear. Casey was in the first cell on the left. You can see that first one in that picture we released. He would have set him on one of these benches where he would have prepared him for transport. That means putting handcuffs on him, putting leg shackles on him. Those are connected together. She came in, she came back out, held the door open. He came out this door. Right into the He's pictures in from the U.S. Marshal showing detailed pictures of Casey's tattoos. He's about 300 pounds, six foot nine with hazel eyes. Officials now believe Casey is connected to an Alabama-based white supremacist gang. I knocked on Casey's mom's house to learn more. No one was home. I went to an address listed on his court records as his most recent home. No apartment number even listed. Do you think this woman that he's with, do you think that she is in, in danger? It depends on if Casey's happy, you know, she's probably she's probably happy too. But, I mean, he gets waxed out on meth and something don't go his way, then, you know, if if, if she uh, don't know how to handle him, then, yeah, I mean, anybody could be uh, in danger around him. You know, folks, for most people, the majority of society – the jail prison life is beyond what anything they've ever experienced. And hopefully it is because who wants to experience that? And most people have never, have no idea what prisons or what jails are like. And, you know, if I was going to tell you, I would say, yeah, don't ever find out what they're like. Stay the hell away from them. Cause it's all about negativity. You know, it's all about negative things. Criminality is a negative thing. There's nothing good about it, but, for some reason, people um, are very much enamored, uh, um, enamored with law enforcement and with corrections and with inmates being in a prison. Uh, someone keeps, <laughs> someone in the chat keeps putting um, what ifs that aren't true. Um, Milwaukee civilian Phil Grimaldi made some observations, and Duty Ryan and Ed Wallace concurred about Vicky's state of mind. It's true, we don't know, but I agree with Phil and others. Well, what, you know, uh, Milwaukee civilian, good good point. What is someone's state of mind that they go to the lowest hanging fruit and date an inmate inside a prison? Especially when you work there and you know that not, it's, it's, it's not only against procedure, it's against the law. A correction officer that dates a prisoner, it's they actually can be arrested for that. It's against the law. So yes, what is that mentality to do that? What is the mentality? Um, it, it, it's crazy. It's really crazy to give up your whole life for this. Uh, Aslan Mara, thoughts about the removal of the license plate? I don't carry a screwdriver in my car. I don't think a lot of people do. Well, they were prepared to do whatever needed to be done. New York State foil order. He needs her alive. She's too valuable in many ways. Companionship. Someone to continue play, uh, planning with and for possible negotiations. Well, I, beyond that, NYS foil, um, he also needs her because she's the only one of the two of them that could probably move around freely in a disguise without being noticed. 
He's six foot nine. No matter where he goes, someone's going to say, oh, I saw this six foot nine inch guy, you know, but she's five foot five and she doesn't, you know, she doesn't raise flags when people see her outside. Uh, <laughs> Kelly Walk, don't tell Bill about dog. He gets upset. <laughs> I don't get upset. I just find it, 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 you know, when you compare dog to professional law enforcement, he's not in the same league. He's not, you know, you guys could say what you want about him. He's a cartoon character on TV. He's not in the same league as law enforcement. He's not trained. He's a former prison inmate himself. So it's it, it's it's a little bit insulting to law enforcement. And I'm sure when law enforcement sees him, if they're on the same trail, they just dismiss him. Dog, take a walk. You know, uh, I don't think they're. And, and look, that's how I feel. And if you guys, I know a lot of you guys love dog. I'm not. I'm not a lover of dog. I think that uh, he's a clown. You know, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Uh, Peter Rabbit, Dr. Grandy, did an evaluation of this case. Very interesting. He's a very interesting guy, very smart guy. There's a guy, content creator on YouTube, who happens to be a very, very smart guy who I respect. He's very low-key, and he gives the facts, and he gives his educated assessment. Karen Broderick, uh, they have to be getting help from at least one other person. They stick out like a sore thumb, and the whole of America is looking for them. They just vanished. How? Well, we'll discuss that. Folks, this is Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. If you're not subscribed to us on YouTube, please go to our YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, ring that bell. If you like this show and you want to support us, we have a Patreon with three different levels. You can go on our Patreon. And we also have a YouTube channel membership with five different levels. And you see some of the folks in the green font, they're members of our channel and they support us. And we really, 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 really appreciate them. Um, Doherty Dennis, what if they didn't use the Ford Edge at all? What if they had someone else drive it to the dumping spot and they went a total different direction than themselves? Doherty Dennis, that is a distinct possibility. I don't rule out anything. No one saw them get out of that car. I would imagine they that car would be a crime scene and they would dust it for fingerprints and they would dust it as a crime scene. I don't know that for a fact. Um, you see, there's been a lot of mistakes with this case. There's been a lot of um, things that went um, were, were allowed to go fast and loose. There was no, um, I mean, just the procedure of her taking him out of the jail by herself. That was fast and loose and should never have been allowed. But yet um, she did it. And she got away with it, you know. So, again, uh, very fast and loose, and, and we don't know what other things have they overlooked. What other things have, um, you know, for example, when, when a prisoner, a state prison inmate gets a telephone call, he's not just free to speak on that phone. That phone is cataloged. It's recorded both electronically and also there's a... Um, a printout of the call. So they know that their phone calls are not, it's not free. People are listening to their phone calls. So to think that they they have this freedom, they do not. They're, they're, they're convicted. They're a convicted felon in a, in, a state, in a state prison. So they do not have the rights. Many, many of you folks might think, oh my God, that's not fair. Someone's listening to their phone calls and looking at their mail. Yeah. Absolutely. That's exactly what's happening. And that's because they're, they're a convicted felon. And that's what happens to convicted felons. 
the run. He is the worst case scenario for a fugitive hunt. Tonight, a web of lies unraveling, revealing a hidden relationship, a calculated escape plan. He would have brought him right down this hallway. You were in the jail. Mm-hmm. I never thought that she would, you know, break any kind of rules like that. And a betrayal so deep, so shocking, it feels like fiction. But it's not. A special edition of News Nation Prime starts right now. Live from News Nation headquarters, this is News Nation Prime with Morning. I don't think they planned for that. They could be anywhere right now, and until they are caught, no one is safe. I want to bring in senior national correspondent Brian Enton. He is joining us live tonight from Florence, Alabama. Brian, now that the getaway car has been found, police are starting back at square one, essentially. The sheriff seems to think that dumping that car was not part of their plan. Yeah, Marnie, the sheriff believes that that car actually broke down. It was found in a rural part of Tennessee, but the sheriff says it was not necessarily uh, hidden, which makes him think that they had some kind of maintenance problem with it. What's interesting is they did appear to uh, try to spray paint the car to change the color of it. But what's so frustrating right now for law enforcement, Marnie, uh, is that car was actually discovered a week ago in Tennessee. Someone. Folks, how was that? They the day they escaped, which was the 29th on a Friday, that car was discovered two hours after they had escaped and it wasn't reported for four days. You think that's a little bit of a screw up? Spotted it, thought it was odd that it was abandoned. It was towed to a tow yard, but it was not until today uh, that the law enforcement officials in Tennessee contacted the sheriff's office here uh, in Alabama and said, wait a minute, we think this is their car. Uh, So it basically gave uh, Vicki and Casey one week uh, to run and no one even knew they weren't in the car anymore. Brian, you've been on the ground there for about 24 hours, digging, talking to people who knew both Vicky and also Casey. And I mean, this tangled web that they created and have everybody duped for the last couple of years has gotten more and more bizarre. Um, the more hours that pass by and the more time they're out there, the bigger the risk is. Um, so you've been following the breadcrumbs. And as I said to you uh, last night, there are a lot. There are a lot. This is definitely a community and a region on edge right now. Everyone uh, knew this couple. People especially knew Vicki White because she was from this town. She worked at the jail for almost two decades, and people are still trying to mentally process how all of this could have happened. Almost no one could have suspected that Vicki White, the longtime assistant director of corrections in Lauderdale County, Alabama, had such a secret dark side. What is Vicki like? Solid was my word for. Um, so when this happened, it was such a shock. But she was not a big talker, is not a big talker, but got things done. Lauderdale County District Attorney Chris Connolly has worked with Vicki for 16 years. Yeah, you know, it's like the stages of grief. You can say this unbelievable, this didn't happen. And then, um, you know, you get to the point where I am now, which is which I'm mad that she did this. Inmates inside the jail are also shocked. This woman just bonded out. Did you ever get a weird vibe from her when you were in jail? No, not at all. Like she, uh, no, I I never did. I never thought that she would, uh, you know, break any kind of rules like that. Um, You know, she, she was the person you could go to if you 
uh, we're having problems with any kind of COs or anything like that. Having been in jail, are you surprised that she was able to get him out like that? No. Mm -mm. Why not? Because uh, the it's chaos here. Detectives are piecing together the days before Vicky vanished with inmate Casey White. There have been reports Vicky was seen inside this department store buying men's clothing. Workers inside told me they could not comment. And others report seeing Vicky at this adult store before she took off. A woman working inside told me her lawyer advised her not to talk about whether or not Vicky was a customer. The sheriff confirms Vicky and Casey were having a romantic relationship. Vicky lived in this house 18 miles from the Lauderdale County Jail, but sold the house days before she disappeared with Casey for $90,000, well under market value. Is that all money that she would have? Like, is it cash? Is it... My understanding is that, yes, that she she got that money out of the bank, you know, in cash. And, you know, and I saw where her mother said she was also a frugal person. So she likely had a pretty sporty amount of money on top of that. Vicki was divorced, but still lived with her ex until he passed away in January from Parkinson's. They had no kids and the sheriff wonders if she was grief stricken. You know, they've been divorced for several years, but I think they were still on speaking terms. Uh, and and I don't, I've wondered if that might have had something to do with, with this or, or not. Vicky's mom, Pat, lives right next door to the house Vicky lived in. She did not want to go on camera, but told me this is not the daughter she knew and that all of this has come as a total shock. But there are some people who knew Vicky who are not as surprised. Right now, we're going to meet up with one man uh, who worked with Vicky at the jail. Nobody is surprised. Nobody from there that had worked that has worked with her in the past is surprised. Vicky was Tyson Johnson's boss for seven years at the jail before he says he was wrongfully terminated. He says she is smart and calculated and has a dark side. Where do you think she is right now? That's a good question. She uh, that is a very good question. Uh, honestly, I don't think she'll be fine. Like, she is calculated enough that she has thought this entire thing out. She definitely outsmarted the sheriff. She outsmarted the administrator of the jail. The U.S. Marshals released these photos showing Casey White's tattoos and also what Vicky might look like with brown. So, folks, uh, yeah, I, guess, I think that guy was uh, a bit of a disgruntled employee because I think she, he said she's... um. At one point, he said that she's 57, but she looks 75. Uh, so he's obviously not a fan of, uh, of Vicky. Sweet Melissa, we are all in complete shock here in Lauderdale County. Those of us that know Vicky would have never seen her as being capable of this. She is kind to everyone. He is a master manipulator and pure evil. I think that's what we're getting out of this. But sweet Melissa, we still question you know, we were all masters of our own destiny, and we all make decisions that have huge effects on our life. And she made a fatal, fatal, fatal decision that is just going to destroy her life. And when you think of that, and then we that don't know Vicky hear all these stories of how competent and what a great person she was and how intelligent and how well thought, it doesn't fit with what we're seeing right now. You know, so it's... uh Tonight, uh, Tony the Night Owl, my friend, is a nurse in a maximum security prison. She's been every trick in the book and still marvels when they try to manipulate her. Yeah, well, you know, that's why, look, they're criminals. 
That's why they're in jail. That's why they're in prison. You know, they're not in there because they're smart. They're not Nobel Peace Prize winners. You know, they're not Pulitzer Prize winners. They're in there because they got, they won a prize. They get convicted of a felony. That's the prize they got, you know. So we shouldn't uh, be surprised at any of the shenanigans these guys try to pull. You know, it's just uh, Nikki Bella. She has put her own self and well-being at danger and life at risk. Not smart. I agree with you, Nikki Bella, 100%. Uh, Andrew, Vicky Planwell, Mark D, they're not generating any sightings, so I think they're laying low. I think that is what the um, uh, Infugitive Enforcement Division is expecting. Um, they're expecting them to lay low, that they're going to lay low. Let some time go by, because after a month, two months, three months go by, if, in fact, they can, they're able to stay out there that long, the heat dissipates a little bit. Not as many people will be assigned to this. Maybe it'll be assigned to one agent or two agents. And it won't get the amount of personnel. That's just the nature of law enforcement. Um, so done with it. I live in Alabama, and I mentioned this case yesterday at a dinner gathering in front of 12 other adults. Only one of them had heard about it. Yeah, that's pretty scary. That just shows you some people just don't um, pay attention to the news. Um, BT26X, man, that sheriff is out of his league with this scandal case. I don't think he's going to get reelected. Uh, I think he's got a very slim chance of getting reelected. Um, um, Buddy Rich, did Vicky get her job from Jason? Not what you know, who you know. I don't know if that is true. Um, sweet Melissa, when he runs out of his meds, you're referring to Casey, we're all in serious danger. Yeah, that could very well be. Um, that could very well be. Um, Trish Norman, she wouldn't be carrying 90,000 in cash. Can they check local store surveillance to see if she bought prepaid credit cards and track her that way? Trish Norman, I'm sure that, um, fugitive enforcement has, have already done all the things that you're referring to. That is part of what I always like to refer to as investigation 101. All of that stuff should be done. And, um, I'm sure if the Fugitive Enforcement Division is involved, it was done. Um, Vin Mac, yes, this this is live. This show is live. Some of the pre-recorded stuff I'm using has been recorded in the previous days. Um, but yes, this show is live. Um, the C.D. Isaacs, who is actually in charge of this investigation, it's becoming a joke. I, I would believe the federal marshals are, are in charge of it right now. I, I don't see that. A sheriff uh, Singleton, Rick Singleton, I cannot see that he would be in charge of this because they've also crossed state boundaries. Uh, they went from Alabama to Tennessee. That makes it a federal matter. Um, the FBI should probably be involved also, but fugitive enforcement is a federal a federal unit. So uh, chances are um, the fugitive enforcement division is is in charge of this and. Um, they're very competent, and I have we all have so much confidence in them. Folks, Joe Murray, attorney at law. Uh, Joe Murray is a retired NYPD police officer. He's also a defense attorney. You can contact him at jmurray-law.com. You can contact him by cell at 718-514-3855, or he has a website, 
And Joe at jmurray-law.com. That's jmurray-law.com. He's a great friend of the show. He's been on the show numerous times. We also, John Beatty Law, uh, www.jbdlaw.com. John Beatty is a renowned personal injury attorney. He's also retired as a decorated NYPD sergeant. John comes from a proud NYPD and FDNY family. He was an active sergeant in Brooklyn North and supervised in the legal bureau. John is a proud member of the Honor Legion and the Blue Knights. John Beatty litigates across the country for seriously injured victims and has helped recover over $200 million for grieving families. Call John now for a free consultation. John Beatty, 917-797-9520. John Beatty, attorney at law. So folks, where do we go from here with this case? Basically, whenever you're on an investigation like this, is you just keep starting over. You just keep doing the things every day. And one of the things that I thought um, should be done right away is when they went to the area where the car was dumped to do canvases, and that's go door to door. Uh, with They should have over 100 agents in this Fugitive Enforcement Division. Go door to door, knock on people's doors. Has anyone seen uh, <coughs> seen this couple? Go door to door, knock on the doors electronically, search all the uh, the BNBs, go to all the uh, hotels in the area along the escape routes. Any reports, uh, again, one of the things we also want to do is to use the media, use the media to try to capture them. Andrew, one, two, three, four. How much can you be sure that he killed old women? He told authorities. After this, they moved him to other prison. Maybe he told them that just to get closer to Vicky. Well, Andrew, one, two, three, four, investigators, they're able to vet the case and see if he knows things that only the killer would know. And that's how you can verify that the person that's trying to confess to something, whether they really did it or not, because they would know certain facts and they would ask him that. And if he answered incorrectly, it would say, he's not telling the truth. So that's how. And that's why investigators hold back things and they don't put everything out there to the public so that when someone does do something like stupidly confess to something, uh, they have stuff to, to vet the information they're being given. Mark D., what makes this case so sensational? I think because it's an inmate that is facing life in prison and has helped to escape by an authority figure, by the person that's supposed to be on the other side of law and order. And then, of course, there's the sex thing involved. They were having an affair, apparently. That always makes it salacious and salacious for the media and uh, and for the public. And you can see there's a lot of, lot of interest in this. Um, Rick Bonds, she's lucky she is still alive. This guy doesn't care about anyone, I agree. And once again, we've spoke about this. Once her usefulness runs out, he very well could end her life. And that's we're hoping that that doesn't happen. But that's where she has to be really, she has to be really, really careful with, with, with what's going on here because it's just, it's a scary thing. Anything can happen. Once he decides that he doesn't need her any longer, she's dead. She's dead. And he'll just take her money, take her guns, take whatever she has, and he'll he'll just get rid of her body, and that'll be it. So, yeah, 
his her, her usefulness could have an expiration date on it and we'll have to watch that the attention of people across the country a manhunt for a missing a former lauderdale county corrections officer and inmate facing capital murder charges the sheriff's office is sharing new video from the morning that the couple disappeared although vicky white and inmate casey white share a last name officials say that they're not related but they had a quote special relationship new video from the lauderdale county sheriff's office shows vicky white checking into the quality and hotel in Florence the morning of April 29th. Sheriff Rick Singleton tells News 19 that Vicki White stayed at this hotel for two nights before helping Casey White escape from the jail. The hotel is located near where the couple got into a getaway vehicle, which was later found in Middle Tennessee, abandoned that same day. Sheriff Singleton says that while the vehicle was found more than a week ago, it wasn't reported to law enforcement, likely because the person who found it didn't know about this manhunt yet. So while this news is now spreading far beyond Alabama, law enforcement officials are hoping to gather new leads with the public's help. News 19's Kayla Smith spoke with Sheriff Singleton today and joins us now live from Lauderdale County. Kayla, what do people at home need to know right now? Well, Madison, the car was found after a tow truck driver called in a tip after seeing the car on the six o'clock news. And quite simply, Sheriff Singleton is asking anyone who thinks they might have helpful information to immediately report it. The rust-colored 2007 Ford Edge was towed away from a wooded area in Middle Tennessee on Friday, April 29th, just hours after Vicki White and Casey White fled northwest Alabama. Nearly a week later, after the tow truck driver heard the news of the missing couple, they reported the job to the Williamson County Sheriff's Office. With the public's help, with the media's help, we've gotten a lot of tips and, um, you know, several hundred tips have been coming in ever since Friday. What remains unclear is how Vicki and Casey left Williamson County, Tennessee. We're not sure, um, you know, how they left from that area. And where they are now. We think that they probably uh, were picked up and given uh, some assistance by someone that didn't realize what was going on. Lauderdale County Sheriff Rick Singleton says nothing that will aid the investigation was found in the abandoned car. But U.S. Marshals say tips about Vicki and Casey White continue to pour in from across the country, and they are hopeful that they will help bring them into custody. We have to look at each tip and we have to follow up on it, even if it's here local or if it's across the United States. So a lot of our time is looking at those tips, following up on you know, numerous people that need to be interviewed, uh, but it can change in, in, in a moment's notice. Again, if you see or hear anything that may help locate Casey White and Vicki White, please call 911. So folks, again, that's not a new report. We had that information yesterday, but just reiterating that she had stayed at a hotel two days before the escape. Karen Broderick, uh, what kind of punishment will she get if caught? If nothing else happens between now and the time she gets caught, I think she would get something in the area of five to 10 years in, in prison if caught. Because you have to realize, um, and I'm saying provided the fact that nothing else bad happens between now and the time she's caught, she's led a, um, a life that um, was law-abiding up until this point. Um, I think she could maybe claim a psychological uh, you know, almost like a uh, Stockholm syndrome, like she was somehow under the 
power of this powerful inmate and she he somehow manipulated her into doing something that she didn't want to do so in that way um there's a good potentiality she would have that as a defense um Diane Souza, I can't imagine someone putting in 25 years and retiring with a perfect record making such a poor choice, but I have to wonder, is there a threat against a family member if she does not follow through? Diane, uh, we don't know any of the inside information in regards to the investigation. That will all come out eventually, but we don't know any of that right now. We can't really uh, conjecture on what may have occurred. Um Folks, if you like this uh, podcast, please hit the like button. Go on our YouTube, hit the subscribe. It's good to see a lot of folks uh, in the chat. Um, Bruce Mason, they're in Coleman, Alabama at Smith Lake. So says a tarot card reader, I know. You know, I don't go with what tarot card readers say. Um, uh, Why wasn't anyone watching the cameras at the jail? That's not uncommon that no one's physically sitting or watching the cameras uh, uh, 24-7. That's not an uncommon occurrence. So, um, Russian Aloha, off the cuff is the best. Thank you so much. Uh, Mark D., I would love to hear an interview when she's caught to see her state of mind. She is definitely off. Yeah, I agree. I think she's totally off with this. Um, um, Peter Rabbit, I'm thinking red hair or gray hair, not black now. I'm, I'm sure that they have both chosen to disguise themselves. They're not looking the same right now as they did when they escaped. But it's tough to um, to disguise someone that's six foot nine inches tall, you know. Karen Braddock, does anybody here think she is capable of killing him? Hmm. Uh, I think it, that if her life was threatened, I, I think that she would be. Uh, you know, she's a trained law enforcement officer. She's trained in firearms. They have several firearms with them. Um, Gina McKnight, I would think that um, she has his meds, but she needed to be on some too. Yeah, I think I agree with you. So, guys, um, we're at about an hour and almost an hour and 15 minutes. I just want to thank everyone for coming by today. Um, when we have some new information, we're going to be following this case as much as we can, as much as some new information comes in. I know that we've repeated some of the older information that we have because it's necessary to keep people up to date into where the case has been, where the case is going, uh, to, to recap some of the things uh, that have have already occurred, I think it's it, it, it. All of those things are necessary, and you know, if people were talking about um, Vicky's career. I just want to put a little bit of this up on on the screen, uh, talking about her career and uh, that she was a, a good CEO and that she had a righteous career, and apparently she did. Davis's living room is covered in memorabilia from her daughter's time at the Lauderdale County Detention Center. She's got six awards back there. Davis says Vicki never intended on starting a career in law enforcement. But when the opportunity came up 16 years ago, she accepted. Somebody called her one day and said, hey, there's an opening at the jail. So she's, she just took it and she's been there ever since. I guess it was just a job. A job that's always worried her mother. 
you know, law enforcement, the violence and stuff like that, I guess, you know, I guess every mom's that way, you know. Now her worst fears have come true. As her daughter disappeared with accused murderer Casey White more than 72 hours ago. He, he could hurt her easy. And that's what keeps me awake at night. She says even if her daughter voluntarily helped inmate White escape, it doesn't matter. She well, folks, uh, I want to thank everyone for coming by today. And I want all you mothers to have a wonderful Mother's Day. And all you non-mothers that have a mother, treat your mother the way you want to be treated. Treat her very well on Mother's Day. Treat her good every single day, but especially on Mother's Day. Folks, uh, this is Bill Cannon from Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. Have a great Mother's Day and a great Sunday. I know. One episode, just ain't enough.